True story, true story. Um, we're all wearing these nice outfits. You guys like this? I'm sorry, I had to. <laughs> okay, um, the verse that God gave me during this trip was from Psalm 24, verse 1. And it says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all who live in it. That includes Bangladesh. Okay, so I'm going to try to stick to this script. Um, salvations, healings, miracles, just as we read about in Jesus' day. But it's July 2011, and it's happened right in Bangladesh, an almost forgotten nation and people. Preaching the gospel village to village to multitudes who have never heard the gospel, let alone have seen a foreigner. Laying hands on the sick of body and heart and seeing them healed. Praying for the supernatural multiplication of candy to give to children and seeing it overflow right before our eyes. I still have two extra pouches of candy that we had left as proof. Actually, one. I ate one, actually. <laughs> um, did all these amazing things really happen? I never in my wildest dreams could have imagined being a part of this. I've never had a heart for missions other than financially and prayerfully supporting those who are called. Uh, it's not for me. It's not, I'm not missions material, is what I believed. In fact, missions was the last thing on my mind and my priority list. Then it was announced one Sunday that mission season was approaching again and the teams would be assembled for Japan, Malaysia, and Bangladesh, but the dates were not announced. So I thought to myself, Bangladesh? Yo, you can't pay me to go there. It's poor, hot, dirty, disgusting, and dangerous, and there ain't no way I'll walk around covered from neck to ankles in that heat. Um, in fact, the term or the name Bangladesh, um, uh, when I lived in LA, like a couple of my friends, like that was the word for like saying something was messed up. Like that was our slang. Like if we saw a car that got all banged up, we'd be like, yo, that's Bangladesh. <laughs> Or, or like, if someone was ugly, I would be like, you see his face, his face is Bangladesh. Like, we, like it was a negative. So, like, when, we, when they announced it, I was just kind of like, no, thank you. So that was like a, a slang term anyway. Um, I, I went home after service, and throughout the week, I just couldn't shake off the nudging um, that I kept feeling about at least signing up for missions. Um, so I went back and forth with the idea and wrestled with it and finally submitted and said, okay, Lord, um, if you want me to go on missions, I'll go, um, to whichever nation you send me, but, uh, it has to land on my vacation time. I have one, uh, week, uh, in July and I'll go to any nation you'll send me to just don't send me to Bangladesh <laughs> anywhere, but Bangladesh. Um, needless to say, the following Sunday, the dates were announced and the Lord was sending me to Bangladesh. <laughs> so soon I realized that what God wanted to do in Bangladesh and in my life would be a fulfillment of a series of prophecies given to me over the span of the last year and a half. So it's still really crazy to me how all the dots connected. Um, during a time of missions training, uh, we spent weeks training for it. Uh, we were just kind of sharing with the team and um, the kind of a word that that or a vision that God was kind of showing me was with like this UFO hovering over like a village and I was like what UFO okay I don't know what that meant but as we prayed into it I just felt that God was giving me kind of a glimpse of how alien we would be in that nation 
um, and just how bizarre and fascinating we would be if we, you know, just like if you saw a UFO and like, you know, it's so strange and bizarre, like that's how the people in that nation would see us. Um, and however, we would be kingdom carriers bringing with us something out of this world, his kingdom. Um, and so it was no surprise that from the moment we arrived up until we got on the plane to come home, we were stared at, surrounded by onlookers. Um, no matter where we stood, like all of a sudden just people just would crowd around us and start taking pictures of us everywhere. And I was like, you guys don't even have clothes. How do you have a cell phone with like <laughs> a camera? It was, we, we, a couple of the team members, we kind of talked about that. Um, but even when we went to the Bangladesh embassy, you know, the guy was like, why do you want to go to my country? Like, he was like, why do you want to go there? Like, no one wants to go. Come, like, you want a visa? Like, I was like, yeah. Um, so I just knew, like, it just already gave me a glimpse of how there was nobody wanting to go there and really, yeah, unreached. Um, so um, we couldn't disclose to the embassy that we're going to Bangladesh for purpose of missions as it's a Muslim country. Um, instead, we went under the guise of tourist visas. Uh, this very much was in alignment with the prophetic word that I had received from um, Aaron's help, Pastor Aaron. Um, and I received it the day we were leaving, um, but she spoke. Um, I got called out for prophecy, and she spoke that uh, I would be like a secret agent. But I received it for our whole team um, because that's really what we did. Um, so that she said we were secret agents getting invitations to places otherwise we wouldn't get if they knew we were Christian. Um, and so this was very true, uh, even in the mission field, as Pastor Ishan uh, would take us place to place, people would ask him, um, who are these people, you know, why are they here? And he would have to, like, you know, say, oh, they're, they're teachers and students, you know, here for a cultural exchange. Um, so we really had to kind of go undercover. Um, so, uh, but little did they know, we were there to exchange with them the culture of his kingdom. Um, and... Another prophetic word that I received for our team was through um, uh, my mother's prayer group. Uh, she called, like, her prayer group is about, I think, seven of eight, eight of them that uh, get together. And um, she calls me and she goes, Sonia. I got the word for you. For you and your team. And I was like, okay, yeah, well, go ahead. She's like... What you calling that? The soldiers, they, the, the, the top, the top soldiers, they going into like the, the, the mission and, and they're, they're like the top skill. The art, where's the army seal? I'm like, no, mom, that's Navy seal. And she goes, yeah, you guys are like the Navy seal team. You guys going in? Not there long time, just short time. You do the mission and you get out. And, and like, I, I was laughing, but in a lot of ways, like, it made total sense to me. I was like, yeah, you know, we're not there for a long time. Um, but it was definitely an offensive mission. Um, you know, we were going to engage battle with the enemy uh, and to bind up the strong man there because that's a nation, you know, oppressed by idolatry and, and just a lot of darkness there. So we were going to repossess the gates of the enemy and take back what belongs to God. Um, and so this, this word that my mom also gave me for the team was just all in line with like words that we got secret agent, um, sharpshooter, sniper. Um, you know, this is just so, uh, also indicative of like all the team members. Like I felt like the team was so stacked with anointed and equipped members. This was my first missions. And so 
it was like, whoa, I'm like going with all these, like, I felt like spiritual giants on the team, you know, what do I have to offer? But, um, but really our presence alone on the field was a threat to the enemy. And, uh, and Pastor Christian also prophesied the day we left for missions that we carried the authority to trample on the enemy and that even a whisper would have the power to break off yokes. And we saw that happening there. Um, so month, uh, lastly, a month before leaving for Bangladesh, um, uh, at Friday Fire, about a month before, I was called out by Pastor Del Augusta, who was a guest speaker that night. Um, he didn't know me, nor had we ever spoke, um, but he spoke over me, probably the most powerful and specific prophetic word I had ever received. Um, part of it was that I would not only go to the missions field, but that I would like it. Um, and then during the prophecy, he started singing... Um, these words, and it says, uh, you love the unlovable and you remember the forgotten because you know what it feels like to be forgotten. And at that time, I didn't really understand what that was, but uh, now after coming back from Bangladesh, I realized that like, God was starting to plant in me that heart. You know, that's, that's exactly how I felt while I was out there as I prayed for people. Um, you know, it wasn't, my heart didn't break for them, you know, because they were poor. Like it had nothing to do with their substandard living conditions or even the illnesses that they needed healing for. Um, uh, and it wasn't because I felt bad or pity for their poverty, but my heart felt the pain of an orphaned people who knew not the love of their father and have never been loved. Um, and it was just a place that people had forgotten about. Adele uh, also prophesied that I would be like a caged tiger just waiting to be released as this is how I felt whenever it was time to lay hands and pray for people. Every day, that, that was the one part, like, I couldn't wait, you know, to, to minister and, and start praying for them. And I just, just wanted to get at them. Um, so, yeah, it, and it's kind of, you know, not coincidence, but how the, you know, the, the national animals like the Bengali tiger too, right? Um, so this was the most powerful time for me on the trip. Women and children who sat through the sermon with expressionless faces broke down and cried in my arms as I would pray for them. Uh, I was a hot mess, too. Uh, I will never forget praying for a barren woman who looked about 40 to 45 years of age. Uh, as I began to pray for her, I just started declaring fertility over her womb breaking off the spirit of barrenness on her body and despair in her heart, praying that God will show her favor as he did for Sarah and that her child will be a fulfilling of prophecy and a testament of God's power, faithfulness, and sovereignty to the people of her village. And just declared in faith that when she becomes pregnant, the people will say it was not the God of Islam or the Hindu gods that healed her, but the only living God, Jehovah Rapha, her healer. And we broke into a cry fest and got Bangladeshed. So now, now for me, the word Bangladesh is a good thing. It's like, you got blessed. I got Bangladesh. That's, that's a good thing. <laughs> uh, looking back on this, I remembered also a part of that prophecy that Pastor Dell spoke that I didn't understand at the time, but he, he started, you know, he was saying, you're a midwife. You have, you have a midwife anointing. And I was like, I don't even know what a midwife is. Um, at that time, but now I realize, you know, that that God would use me on this trip to give birth to things in the spiritual realm. Um, and I realized, Lord, this is why you sent me here. That's what I was called to do. All these salvations, healings, miracles, ministering, we did in a Muslim nation, folks. Um, and right in front of many Hindu shrines is where we did it. Um, so take that, Satan. Um, Bangladesh is no longer an unreached nation. Um, because thousands have heard the gospel and, um, 
as we would go village to village, I saw fields of red brick uh, where actually it's children that work for like a dollar a week to make these red brick um, and just endless upon endless fields of jute, um, which are like these like tall kind of grass things. Um, and in the flesh, I just got kind of discouraged seeing that. And I said, Lord, you know, what difference could a group of 13 make during one week? Uh, when there's too much work to be done here, not enough righteous ones. Um, but the Lord comforted me and spoke to me that those red bricks may remind you of child labor, injustice, and poverty. But believe in faith that the future of Bangladesh will be changed and built up by the hands and faith of the youth of this nation. And you guys saw all the, most of the kids that uh, you know were praying, or that got saved, or children, or other people that got. Um, anyway, um, and that I will raise up houses of prayer in this nation as numerous as the fields of jute that you see. And uh, the, one of the last nights that we ministered, we were at a restaurant, and there was kind of like this mural. And we took pictures of it. I think Hannah has it on uh, the, our church website. But it said, more grows in the garden than the gardener knows he has sown. And I believe that we haven't seen the full extent of what God has done in Bangladesh. Thank you.